You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, we didn't have church last the, this last Wednesday night. You'd have had to have a dog sled to get here. Uh, but the Wednesday night before, Paul taught on wisdom. And boy, if you haven't heard that message, you've got to go back and hear what he did uh, last Wednesday. It was just it was, it's so essential. I mean, it was so fantastic. It was just an essential word. And I don't know, I couldn't get it out of my mind for the last week. I've just, it's been in my mind. I said, well, I've got to talk about wisdom too. We got to go right on with this. We can't leave that topic because this is an essential topic. The title today is 10 Commandments of Wise Decisions. In times of panic, unwise decisions are made. People panic. They'll jump up and make a stupid decision. In times of fear, unwise decisions are made. In times of pressure, unwise decisions are made. Boy, when you're under pressure, you jump up and do something. In times of pressure, very unwise decisions are made. In times that are really, really good. I mean, you know pressure. Life is good. Your bills are all paid. That's when you make unwise decisions. What are you doing? What are you doing that for? You know, in times of transitions in life, and we all transition from season to season in our life, you make unwise decisions. Thinking about it, every season, every time of our life is a fertile ground for a a stupid decision. The devil can't do anything to you. Everybody realize that. He's a defeated enemy. So what happens is he's got to tempt us and trick us and we make a stupid decision that wrecks our life. He can't just come in and wreck your life. But we make bad decisions and then we pay for those for the rest of our life. The title of today's message is 10 Commandments for Wise Decisions. We just can't, we just can't continue to let dumb decisions mess us up. We got to get a handle on this. I want you to know for a speaker, when I prepare a message to deliver, I I never, ever want to make more than three points. Uh, Three points is all that you need to make in one message. Uh, I usually try to keep it to two, if not just one basic point that I want to minister on today. Three points maximum. So I want you to know right up front that I know that 10 points is way, way too many for one time. But I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) So I want to encourage you to sit on the edge of your seats. I I, I want you to take some notes here. Jot some of these things down because we're going to go too fast for me to really get this into you. I'm just going to introduce this and you're going to have to go on with it uh, from there uh, I know in times past when I've taught on these in our intern program, I usually take 10 different times to teach on each one of these because each one of these is a whole sermon. So to avoid a 10-week series on Sunday morning, roll up your sleeves. Here we go, 10 commandments for wise decisions. Number one, number one, we've got to control impulsiveness. We are such an impulsive generation. And I think the advertising media really fuels our impulsiveness. Uh, I want you to make sure you write this down, get this. Never make a long-term decision 
or a permanent decision about a temporary situation. One of Terry, my wife's favorite sayings around our house is, and I think she stole this from the Bible, this too shall pass. I mean, this is going to pass. This season, this era, this situation, and we can all look back in our life and think of really, really difficult times, and now you can't even hardly remember them. I mean, you know, you get through them. You get through them. This too is going to, this is going to pass. Well, what our problem is, is in the middle of something that's going to pass, we jump up and do something that we pay for for the next six years or the next 10 years or the rest of our lives. Okay, okay, your car hadn't started for the last two mornings. I got that. Possibly you need an $80 new battery, not a brand new car. I'm sick of this piece of junk. And you jump up and now you got six years worth of car payments for a temporary situation where your car didn't start. We got to be careful and control this impulsiveness. Okay, you got a bad situation with a teacher at school. Well, well, let's just work through that, but we don't jump up and change schools. So that's an impulsive decision. I got it. You got a bad situation at your boss. You, you got a bad situation with your boss. Well, let's navigate through that. Let's work through it, but you don't jump up and just quit your job. Okay, now what are you going to do? Now where are you going to work? You know, they just keep sending bills. The power company doesn't know that you quit your job because you were mad. They just keep on sending you bills. We've got we've to somehow control this impulsiveness to just do something. Psalms 27, 13. I'm confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and wait. Okay, let's just hang on a minute. Let's just hang on a minute. Number two, be aware of blind spots. Our emotions will blind us to wise decisions. And, and you've got to know that. See, you have to know that. And in an emotional, I mean, you're mad, you're angry, you're bitter, you're jealous, or you're just in love. I don't know. Whatever the emotion is right now, I just have to constantly tell myself, okay, I'm mad right now, and I'm going to have to navigate through this before I make a decision about anything. See, you're aware that your emotions cause blind spots. I'm just going to be honest with you. I can't make a good decision right now. I, I just, so I'm not going to sell my house. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to just quit this job. I am aware that I'm very frustrated. I'm very aggravated. Or I'm chapped or I'm whatever. I'm aware of that. I'm aware. You're just madly in love with this guy. Okay. Be aware that that can blind you to some things that you need to see before you make a decision to do something. I, I know myself. I'm not thinking clear right now. And I don't need to make a decision right now. See, if you are aware, but our pride and our, our whatever, we just got to blam on, we're going to go full speed. Hold on, hold on just a minute. My emotions took over. I love that horse trailer and I have to have it. Okay, well, except the one I got still working okay. 
And I don't need 10 years of payments on a horse trailer sitting there. Okay, hang on. I realize that I love that thing. I realize that I've gotten sucked into this emotion. I realize that, oh, I want that so bad. Okay, hold on. You're emotionally involved here and you need to be careful. That's when you'll make a very unwise decision. Just know that. You just know that. Because of blind spots, our emotions cause them in all of us. Number three, surround yourself with people who are wise and who have proven themselves competent. See, I'm aware that right now I am in this emotional situation and I know good and well I'm not thinking clear. So I've got to go and I've got to, see, I'm upset right now. I got to call Paul. Paul, what do you think about, what is your thoughts on this? Last week, I I just texted Josh. I said, am I thinking straight? What are your thoughts on this? I I may or I may not be thinking clear about this. I want to know what, give me your input on whatever it was we were about to decide to do. I I just want to get, make sure that I'm thinking straight. Stacy calls me all the time. Clear up my thinking. Here's my thoughts Now, am I right or am I wrong? Now, you tell me what I should think about this. See, you surround yourself with some people that are not emotionally attached to whatever it is that you're dealing with and let them come in here and I tell you right now, I'm fixing to give him a call. I'm going to tell him and I'm, okay, now, wait, before I wade into this meeting, hold on, before somebody speak into my life here a little bit, You just realize this. And then you submit yourself to some wise counsel. I can't tell you the number of counseling sessions over the years that I've had. And they left, didn't do one thing I said. Didn't do one thing I told them. Look, you're jacked up right now. You're about to do something stupid. Watch out. Don't do this. Don't do this. And don't do this. Go out and did exactly what I said. Okay, you got to... Know that you're jacked up right now. Know that you're not thinking straight. Now let me submit myself to somebody's wise decisions that would save me. So you got to surround yourself with some folks that can speak some wisdom to you. Number four, look and listen for wise counsel, but you sift it through what God has called you to do. James 1, 5, if any man lacks wisdom, ask God. See, you get input, you get some wise input, but, but you got to be careful to then sit back and think, all right, what is God calling me to do here? I, 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 too often I see people getting some input from an unsaved family member. That's not what you should do at all. Now, I'm not coming against your dad or your uncle or your brother, but I can just tell you right now, that ain't what you need to do, not even a little bit, not at all. So whenever you get wise counsel, you've got to make sure that it is biblical. You got to, well, they told me to, so I went out and did it. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You better sift that through the word of God, through what God's called you to do. And I'm just telling you, the world is full of good ideas. It is an endless list of people that email us, that come to see me, that call us, that give us a ministry this church ought to be involved in. And they're all good. 
great ministries. I mean, I couldn't agree with them more. That is a phenomenal ministry. It's just not what God has called this ministry right here to do. We have a call. This ministry has a call, and here's what God has called us to do. Now, that is a great idea. That's a great ministry. Here, we'll send you a check. We'll help support you in that. But I got to be careful and not get sidetracked with all of this. And I've got to sift the wisdom that we're getting through what God has called you personally to do. Number five, this may be the biggest single life-impacting lesson that I ever got a hold of. Never go to war where there are no spoils. We're just big here into going to war, and there's nothing to gain by it. In your marriage, what are you doing? Why are you arguing over that with your coworkers? Okay, if you win the argument, so then what? See, you, you don't go into war when there is no reason, there's no benefit, spoils, that's benefit, or there, there's no benefit to that. Well, you're on Facebook in this massive argument and you're in a war. What are you going to do if everybody on Facebook goes, you know what, you're exactly right, you win. <laughs> now what have you accomplished? Don't go to war. You know, it just seems like some people thrive on conflict. They just feed on stirring stink. If there's not a problem, let's create one. There are people that just have to get their way. They just have to get their way. Everybody look straight ahead at me. Stop looking at your mate right now. Look at me. Stop clearing your throat. <clears> throat> yeah. You look somewhere else. There are some people that just have to have the final word. They just have to. And you're arguing over nothing to gain. We say this a lot. Choose your battles very wisely. Now, there are going to be battles. But just make sure what you're fighting for is worth the price that you're about to pay for it. Jesus said, don't throw your pearls before swine. I'm not going to defend myself to somebody who already don't like me. They're not going to go, you're right. You know what? I'm going to be your best friend now. They already don't like me. They got an ax to grind. I don't know. They got offended. Whatever it is, they don't like me. Well, there's no sense in me wading into trying to defend myself. They already don't like me. Quit arguing over Facebook. You've got to stop that. You're just stirring yourself up into a fit of rage, and there's no benefit. Are y'all getting this? I don't know how long it's been. A couple of years ago, Terry said, and she was pretty, had that voice, please leave the potty seat down. I'm going to assume by the tone of her voice, she fell in. When she sat down. I don't, I don't know exactly. I wasn't there. I don't know the details of the situation. I know she wanted that potty seat left down. That's what I was clear on. All right, my first thought is, I have to raise it up. Why can't she put it down? 
I mean, one of us is going to have to make an adjustment on this seat. Why does it have to be me? Why can't it be her? And so that thing starts coming up inside me about where our potty seat's going to be. All right, here's the truth. I want a great marriage. I don't want a bunch of fussing and arguing and fighting around our house. I want us to love being together and get along. There are no spoils here. There's no benefit to us financially, the position of that potty seat. There is no spiritual benefit to us, the, the position of that potty seat. So there are no spoils here. And I am right now getting ready to launch into an all-out argument over why me, why not you. I mean, we, here we go in this argument when there's nothing to gain one way or another. She wants it down. And I sat there and dealt with all of that, staring at her. And for, I don't know however long it's been, for the last several years, she has not one time, not one time since then, gone to that potty and found that seat left up. It's been down every time she's gone in there. Not one time have I done it. Why do you want to fight over something there's no spoils about? If it's a big deal to her, put the darn thing down. Shut up about it. But see, we're going to fight over an issue that doesn't make any difference one way or another. There's nothing to gain here. There's nothing to gain here. You know, I just want to be the boss. I mean, you've got to ask yourself, are you a control freak? And you're going to control everything and everybody, and everybody's going to do what you, I mean, it's going to be your way or the highway. Okay? Do you have to have the final word with your coworkers? Or can their request be done and your answer be sure? Okay, we can do that. We can do that. See, I want to do whatever our staff wants to do to the best of our ability if it's possible for us. Your first answer is yes, not always no. Not always an argument. Now, let me, let me just digress here just a minute because as pastor, I got to make sure that we don't get in another ditch. I'm not for peace at all costs. There are times of conflict and y'all know, if you know me, I can wade into it. I mean, I can wade into the middle of it. I don't shy from a conflict. I can run to it. I just soon fight as eat. I kind of thrive on it. So, I mean, I, I can wade into it. All right, is it a sin? Is it wrong biblically? Does this need to be waded into? Or is it, see, there's no spoils here. There's no spoils. You can search the scripture and there's no instruction on the potty seat position. So since there are no scriptural basis for this, why do I want to wade into an argument and cause a bunch of friction unnecessarily? But now let me say, there are times for some necessary friction and you got to wade into it. We ain't doing that here. Nope, not in this home. Not in this home will that ever be done. Here's what I can tell you right now, until you start paying the bills here, until you grow up and get your own home, here's what's going to happen in this home, and here's what's not going to happen in this home, and however far we need to fight, I'm ready to fight, but I'm not going to roll over just peace at any cost. Are you hearing me? There are some things in our life that you're going to put your feet in concrete, and I'll, I'll bring on the fight, but that's not going to happen here. But what I'm telling you is, those are very, very, very rare 
99.99999% of the time, it's just a preference. There are no spoils either way. So don't go to battle when there's nothing to gain from that. All this snow we've had, I have no idea except just sheer boredom, but my wife decided to clean the kitchen. Now, I'm not talking about wipe down the cabinets. I'm talking about take everything out of those cabinets. Oh, we had green beans in there that were outdated 30 years ago <laughs> in the very back. We just keep buying new ones and putting them in the front, new ones and putting them in. We don't have the principle of you pull the old to the front and put the new in the back and work their way up. We just put in. And there was some stuff back there that I think was probably on the ark is how it got here. So we're, we're good. We're throwing all that stuff away. Yes, we're getting organized. That's a miracle <clears throat> for her to be organized. Well, anyway, I was all excited about that. It's a good move. Next thing I know, she's done went and gone over to the, where we store the dishes. For 30 years, half asleep. No, mostly asleep. I can stumble into the kitchen and open the cabinet and get my coffee cup and get my first cup of coffee. My, my cup of coffee is not where it used to be. Now, when I just, okay, so why did we move the coffee cups over here after 30 years? Well, I can't reach them. Okay, so we put the plates over here and the coffee cups here. So now we can't reach the plates. We still can't, it didn't solve a situation. We still can't reach. All I know is... I open every cabinet door in there trying to find that dang coffee cup. I got the whole house tore up trying to find my coffee cup. So I'm faced with the coffee cup's not where I want it to be. Here's what I'm telling you. There's no spoils there. There's just no spoils. <laughs> there ain't no benefit. There are no spoils. I don't have any scriptural basis. So, you know what? I need to get up 30 minutes earlier, give my time to look for that coffee cup. Because it's, I mean, that's like Easter every morning. I can hunt for where we got that cup. But it ain't where it's been for 30 years. Now, why we had to change? Well, it's time for a change. We had to have a change. We have to have a new look. We just have to have a... Leave my dang coffee cup alone. Anyway... Don't come to my house and ask me to get you a cup of coffee because you'll be out of the mood by the time we get one. Come on, there's no spoils here. Here's what I'm telling you. In the vast majority of your battles with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworker, with the vast majority of your battles are nothing more than you and your arrogance wanting to have the last word and wanting to be in control. That's all it is. You just want to be in, because it's my house, and that's my coffee cup, and it's mine. I'll have my coffee cup where I want to. See how that gets you. See where that gets you in life, with that being your attitude. Here's what I'm telling you. There's no spoils there. Why are you arguing over that? Why are you going? Don't go into battle where there is no spoils. There's no reason for this. Sure, that's great. Good job. Number six, make sure you have all the available facts before deciding anything. Psalms 41, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he heard me and responded. 
Patiently is not my word. I have a hard time waiting patiently for anything. I don't get all the facts. I just get half of one sentence and then I'm ready to make a decision on it. I know what you ought to do. I know what we ought to do. I got, hold on, hold on. Let's get all the facts before you deciding to do anything. You know, and I'm sure every parent in here has done this. Terry and I did it our whole growing up lives with our girls. When they would want me to make a decision, I would say, I've got to wait. I want to think this through and I want to talk to your mother first. Then y'all know the next line. If I have to decide now, the answer is, why can't I decide now? I don't have all the facts. Here's what I can tell you. Your 13-year-old didn't deliver all of the facts. And now you can write that down. You, You just need to write that down. You don't have all of the facts of your 13-year-old's presentation of what happened at school today before you jump up and before you wade into them and before you go down and set the record straight, your five-year-old sure don't have all of the facts straight. Now, we got to stop making decisions until we have gotten all of our facts really straight on this. You got to go on a fact-finding mission. Before you marry him, call his last five previous wives. You may want to know something about this situation. Before you hire him, before you get this contractor, before you hire this person, call the last ten people that he worked for. Call the last ten places and find out why did he quit How did he quit? Why did he live? I hear this all the time. Well, Tim, I didn't know he... Well, wait, wait, wait. My question is, why didn't you know? Before you made a lifelong decision, then why didn't you know? Before you spent $10,000 with this contractor, why didn't you know? Before you bought that car, why didn't you know about the recalls and the problem? It's all out there. Every Millions of people know about that engine or that carburetor or that transmission. Well, I didn't know. My question is, why didn't you? Why you didn't is because you jumped up and made a decision before you got all of the facts. Terry and I watched a show night before last. About the only thing we watch on TV these days is home building shows. I guess we're just into it, or there's no other option. You know, we don't have but 680 channels on our thing, and there's only one that we can watch. Um, but we're watching these home building, these remodeling shows, and so we've been watching that, watching that, watching that, watching that. So night before last, this couple, they, they're going to buy this home. I don't remember the details of it anyways. Uh, they had... to buy the home. They bought it, or they had $200,000 to buy the home. They bought it for $100,000. They had $100,000 left to remodel and to do the improvements to the home that they wanted. So anyway, you know, y'all seen those shows. You go through this whole ordeal. They got the home bought, and the first day of remodeling this house, the first day they start pulling up some of the flooring, and find out that there's just sheets of plywood laying all over underneath the flooring. And that is to keep you from falling through to the ground because they pull that up. Every joist was completely and totally rotten. 
Then they start zooming in on all the termites, kind of grossed Terry out. I'm talking about these were serious termites. These babies had been eating good. They ate the whole flooring, the floor joists, this house. The flooring was completely rotten, and they were appalled. Well, I, Terry and I were appalled. Before you just signed up for a couple of hundred thousand dollars, I, I know you don't want to crawl under any house. I, I get that. But don't you think that before I spent a couple of hundred thousand dollars, maybe I could just crawl in the cross face with a flashlight, just like two or three feet, and take a hammer and touch one of those floor joists, and when it fell out on my face, that'd be a good indication. You know, my question was, how did you buy that house and not know? Well, I thought the realtor, well, we thought it had a home inspection. Well, it had a, that home inspector came out, yeah, it looks good. All he, all he wanted was his hundred dollars. Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Don't make a decision without all of the facts, and you find out the facts after the decision is made. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know he. Well, I didn't know the floor was rotten. Well, I didn't know that car was a lemon. My question is, why didn't you know? Make wise decisions. You go on a fact-finding mission, and you make a wise decision. Don't go into something not knowing. Number seven. Huge, huge. Contemplate the consequences. Young people, young people, you, you got to look down the road. You, you know, you, oh, is that going to be fun next week? What you did Friday night, was that a good idea on Monday morning? You know, what you did last week, here's what you don't know is, at, you're going to be 60, and at 60, will you want that on you? And when you're a grandparent, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Look, what are the consequences? When I go to interview for a job, is this what I'm going to want? Is this the color of hair that I'm going to want whenever? All right, what are the consequences of doing what you're about to jump up and do? You, you think all of your decisions, and you think them all the way through. What will this be like five years from now? What will this be like 25 years from now? Will I want this when I'm a grandparent? Will I want to have done this? Will I want to have this in my background? We don't think things all the way through. It's fun, and woo, everybody's doing it. Let's just jump up and do it. You're going to wake up tomorrow, or you're going to be proud of that. Think you're... Think your decisions all the way through to make wise decisions. Number eight, don't allow your expectations to exceed the practical realities of your current resources. Don't create expectations that are far above your resources and what you have available to you. Hey, kids, we're going to Disney World this summer on vacation. Yee-hee! Okay, everybody's all excited about Disney World. Okay, for a five-day trip to Disney World, that's a $10,000 vacation. Minimal. It's ten grand. You ain't got $10,000 to blow in five days. Not today, not tomorrow, not this summer, not three summers from now. So why did you announce to your kids that we're going to Disney World on vacation? I know. Five days, a minimum of $10,000 for that vacation. See, don't create expectations that exceed where you are right now in your life. We're going to build this, we're going to do this, we're going to go here. Be wise and know where you are. 
You, you have to know, here's where I am right now. What I'm called to do in life and where I'm called to live, the call of God that's on my life and what I do every day, I will never be able to afford a $10 million private jet. That's not in the cards for me. And that has to be okay. And so I don't go around telling Terry, I'm going to buy us one of those jets. I'm going to get us one of those jets. That's not in the cards for me. I got a really good friend that has one. Called him two weeks ago and I said, hey, fly up here and get Terry and I and take us to Florida. He said, I'll do it. You need to have good friends. I got a friend that has $10 million private jet. I won't ever have that. So I don't have to create an expectancy in my wife, in my kids, in my friends, in what I'm going to buy and what we're going to do and where I'm going to go and what I'm going to accomplish. You're cre- what you'll do is put yourself in a position for very unwise decisions. Ephesians 5 tells us to live wise. Live wise. And just that's not in the cards for me right now. And I got to be okay with that. Number nine. This is probably the other one in here that is the most, the, the, the hugest of all of them. Hugest of huge. If the return is not greater than the investment, then the endeavor is not worth the time. You know, you can be working really, 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 really hard and not getting anything done. You can be working really, really hard and not going anywhere. You, you, you're about like a hamster on that wheel in the cage. You running wide open, you're just not getting nothing done. Oh, you, and you see it all the time. Hard-working people not getting anything done. You've got to evaluate, what do I do that makes a lot of money, that makes a lot of profit? What do I do that reaches a lot of people? Some things can't be measured in money. What do I do that reaches a lot of people? What do I do that has, what do I do that brings in the most return? Then I need to be doing more of that. And what part of my business do I spend a lot of time doing and there's just not much profit there? Then I don't do that anymore. See, I quit doing that. I don't do that anymore. We don't do that. I don't handle that. Are you hearing me? If the return is not greater than the investment, then the endeavor is not worth the time. You spend a lot of time on that and you didn't get anything done. Let's look at the fruit that we're bearing. Let's look at the fruit. Now, we do a lot of things in this ministry that don't bring in dollars, but that's not what we're doing. We measure that in fruit. But here's what I'm telling you. Look at your fruit, whether that's dollars or whether that's salvations or whether that's people's lives. We spend a whole lot of time right there, and there is not any fruit. That didn't make us any money. That didn't bring anybody in. That didn't touch anybody. That didn't reach anybody. Then we got to cut back on doing what doesn't work. And we got to see if the return is not greater than your time, your investment in it, then that endeavor is not worth your time. This right here is what takes a lot of people out. This takes a lot of people out because they spend their time and work hard and they spend their time on things that just don't pay off. That just didn't pay off. And you're in a position to make a lot of unwise decisions. The number of times a year... The number of times a year that I need a bulldozer, that I need a track hoe, I'm much better off hiring Timmy to come over and do that work 
Now, I'm going to buy me a bulldozer. I tell you right now, I'm getting me a track hole. I'm tired of not, I'm tired of getting stuck and I'm going to get me a track hole. Okay, well, hold on. Is that going to bring in enough money to me to make the difference up in the cost to me? See, we make very unwise decisions. We buy things in our business. We buy things in our life. And yes, we're using it. Yes, we needed it. But it's not bringing in enough money to pay for it. And that thing will be worn out before we bring in half enough money to pay for the darn thing. You got to make wise decisions. You can't spend all your time on things that don't produce. You got to see where you're most productive. And we were just having this meeting the other day about our interns. What, what position are these young people in that we can be the most effective and we can be the most helpful to? And as much as I like to say everybody in the world needs to be here, well, not everybody in the world needs to be here. There's a certain market that we have and we can do really, really well right here. And we spend a lot of time and a lot of time and a lot of effort and we produce no fruit right there. Okay, then we, are you hearing this? However it is, you just got to make sure that you are, your return is more than your time going out. Number 10, you got to be a perceiver to make wise decisions. Just bottom line, you, you got to be able to look your situation and have some perception. This ain't a good move for you right now. This is not a good deal right now. This is not a good relationship for you to be in right now. Come on, let's see the mistake before we make it. Don't make the mistake and then, oh, that won't get you anywhere in life. Where you gain momentum in life is seeing mistakes before you make them and avoid making that. Let's see our mistakes. Let's see our bad decisions before they're made. Just 10 commandments for making wise decisions. Oh, you know, the devil can't mess you up today. He's, he can't get you. He's a defeated enemy. Let's just make sure you and I are making wise decisions and we don't shipwreck ourselves. Y'all stand with me. Lord, today we thank you for the abundant life that you came to bring us, the life, the life more abundant that we have been handed. Lord, just help us not make stupid decisions that keep us from walking in all you have for us. Today, Lord, we give you glory, we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.